This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello and good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney and around the world. And in today's Friday's Daily Dose podcast on international education and international students, which is in collaboration with the Community Connect webinar by agencies, agencies, which is the only and only um, CRM software catering to the education and migration consultants around the world. So thank you to agencies for collaborating with us for this particular episode on international education. Now, in today's episode, we are talking about this very interesting topic for international students. I'm sure that a lot of international students must be keen to hear about is what does, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the challenges, what are the different challenges which are faced by the international students currently? So to discuss with me on this uh, particular topic, we have George Mavros, um, who is also my interchange mentor. And also, he has been mentoring a lot of students around the world. So we'd love to know from you, George, as a mentor and as a person who has been mentoring several students, what do you have to say on this particular topic to begin with? Well, first off, I'd like to say good evening to you, my good friend. Uh, And it's great to be able to join you again. Um, I've been mentoring for many, many years, actually, um, and it's only been in more recent times than I've started um, doing the volunteer mentoring for the uh, uh, interchange challenges and the various other courses that uh, the Frank organisation put on through universities. And that's introduced me to um, a wide range of students from many countries around the world. Now, the first couple of years of that uh, of that mentoring, um, I did that with the students in Australia and and did it on a face-to-face basis. Last year, of course, and this year, um, we've had, we're in the wonderful world of COVID and lockdown. Um, so that's introduced a whole extra layer of, of challenges. Um, but it's been it's been interesting and it's it's also been very um, enlightening and motivating to me to be doing that sort of work. Um, one of the biggest you know, challenges, George, which has also been in front of me and a lot of international students is this very factor of coming out of your comfort zone. And that is something which I always stress upon that we are as an international student, when we come from a different background, we sometimes have our own filters, our own pre-notions that, you know, this is what is meant for me. This is not what is meant for me. This is what I should do. This is not what I should do. And we have already created some sort of filters in our mind. And sometimes those filters are actually the reason for the challenges that we are facing as an international student. And if I think we can remove those filters, most of the challenges might be easier, easily tackled by us. Isn't it, George? Yeah, I think um, one, of the, one of the interesting things for me, sorry, my, my glasses are reflecting badly here. Um, One of the interesting things for me is to see the difference in the cultural uh, impacts. Um, And you and I have spoken about this before. Um, You're you're one of the most um, polite people I've met. Um, 
and but you're you're also a very confident young man, and you've you're able to um, understand very quickly um, what's being conveyed to you by somebody somebody like me. And so, I remember when we first started when I was mentoring your team. Uh, you had no issue calling me George once I said, call me George. Um, um, it took you a couple of times, but, but you, you, vent, you eventually got comfortable. This gentleman who is much older than me, who is, uh, I see him as a senior, blah, 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 but he wants me to call him George, I'll call him George. Now, I don't know whether you remember or not, but in the beginning, a lot of the students started off calling me Mr. Mavros. I said, I'm just George, and then I got Mr. George before they could actually get to the point where, oh, this adult, this senior is comfortable on a first name basis. Now that's just a small example. Um, the, in particular, working with um, international female students that come from cultures where the female is not given as much opportunity and as much respect and regard as what we do in Australia, I found it a lot harder to get them to actually come out and say something, to ask a question, to get involved. Um, and, and that also happens with the male students, but with the female students, it was it was even more difficult. Um, one of my one of my um, one of my teams was doing a challenge, and I had a number of people that I could invite along but I particularly chose my very good friend, uh, Michelle Garrard, who happens to be the Deputy Lord Mayor of Parramatta. And I brought her because I felt that the, the female students in that challenge needed to see some woman that was in a position of authority and that would give them encouragement. And the difference that made to that, that team after having Michelle come, it was just terrific. So, yeah, the cultural differences is a big thing. Obviously, language, um, especially when you have somebody like me that not only speaks Australian, but I speak slang. So, uh, and I, as you know, I have my funny sayings. So sometimes I have to slow down and explain what I'm saying. But uh, cultural differences is a big one, I think, both, both for the mentor and the mentoree. Yep. And cultural difference and also the language barriers which might, we might have because sometimes when you are talking to somebody in Australia or probably if some student is going to study in UK or US, their accent, their slang, their way of saying something or interpreting something might be completely different. For example, you might find someone funny, which I might not find funny, right? Yes. So I think that's the most fun part of, uh, you know, this thing. Um, and one of the best, uh, you know, things which I have found, um, George, while we were, um, you know, while I was here in Australia is the importance of networking. You know, how important is the personal and professional networking around the world? Um, so if I talk about professional networking in Australia, while I was studying abroad, I found out that these competitions like interchange, you know, jundles up, um, in my university, there is, there are more Founders program, Heroes program, you know, these are some programs in my university. Similarly, you have in different universities across the Australia uh, and also UK. 
So I think these are the programs which help you to build a network beyond yeah. your um, university. Uh, what do you have to say in terms of that? Because networking is the key to success in these days for students. So as you well know, um, I, I mentor a minimum of two teams in the Interchange Challenge each year. Um, and I start off with both teams at the beginning. And the first thing I say to the, the teams in the Interchange Challenge, I don't care if you win this challenge or not. I don't... I'm not interested in whether you win this challenge or not. Be what I'm interested in is you learning from the experience, you learning the, the networking, the teamwork, the, the, all the other things that go into it. And, and I think when students get the opportunity to go into any sorts of competitions or team things, they should just grab that with both hands because the networking opportunity is unbelievable. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm, I've been doing some work with Mahima, who's come out of uh, one of my more recent groups, which you were very kind to help me mentor them. Um, so on, on uh, the weekend, Mahima got 16, 15 or 16 of her friends who are students, a lot of them in India, um, and we, we, I, I gave them a uh, two-hour free mentoring session. Um, now, I invited some of my friends. One of the chaps that came on to that is a lovely friend of mine called Kamal, um, who happens to be an immigration lawyer as well. Um, three or four of those students are now talking to an immigration lawyer in Australia. That would never have happened if they hadn't networked, not with me, if they hadn't networked with Mahima and then Mahima networked with me and I networked with Kamal. So, so I think for international students in particular, any time you've got an opportunity of connecting in with, with a challenge or a mentor or a session of some sort uh, in, in a host country, you should jump at that opportunity because you never know where it can lead. You and I are in, in this venture together and you and I are talking about other business opportunities. Mahima and I have now started a business opportunity. Uh, Alice, who's, who's another international student, Alice and I are now talking about a business opportunity there. Um, Raj, who you know well from, from, from that, Raj and I are talking on Sunday about a business opportunity. Now, I'm not saying every single mentor that people are going to meet are like me, but but what the point that I am making, there's a lot more than just one of me around. There's other people like me. So those students, purely by putting yourself out of your comfort zone, purely by joining into the Frank Interchange Challenge, they happen to meet a businessman who happens to like helping people, who happens to know how to put businesses together, and in the last three months, we've started six new business ventures with university students from overseas in Australia. How good is that? Absolutely. Now, now if, imagine if there's international students that have an opportunity of, of studying over in America and they meet somebody like me in America. You suddenly go from being a, a uni student that's, that's uh, Mahima is trapped. She is trapped in India at the moment 
because she couldn't get to Australia because of the COVID virus. Um, yeah, she's so so just by just by reaching out and doing the uni she started then by going into the interchange that got her the next step by her reaching out to me to network that's taken her to a whole new level. Yeah, absolutely. And two of my two of my business associates right three of my business associates right now are talking to Mahima about giving her work to do for them at a much better rate than what she was earning in India. That's so, so true. Yes, you're a hundred percent right, Sarab. Those that see an opportunity and go for it uh, are, are the ones. Those are the people that everyone says, "Oh, Sarab, you're so lucky." You're not lucky. You made your luck by reaching out by networking, and networking is still the most powerful way of getting things done. Absolutely, and you know, we were also talking about few days back about different kinds of networks. Uh, you know, in our meetings and. I also think that those kind of networks and these kind of platforms like uh, in Australia and around the world, we have this largest online networking platform called Meetups. A lot of students don't even know about that. Last year, when I was uh, interacting with a lot of international students, uh, most of them, they know about the job portals. They know about the UNSW or, you know, their universities, uh, career platforms, but they don't know about a lot of untapped platforms and opportunities which are available while you are studying abroad. And sometimes those untapped opportunities are known to you when you talk to different people, um, irrespective of the fact that you are getting out of that person something or not. Because our main intention is always, okay, I will only talk to that person or I will only go to that event if I will also get back in return something. And that's where the first filter begins. The second filter begins that, okay, in that event, I will only talk to the person who is relevant to my job sector. I will not talk to anybody else. Yep. Now, what we have done is we have already created so many narrow filters and we have narrowed down our research, which will, which will take it, it maybe the, you know, the numbers we were looking at were 1,000. Now you have filtered down to 200, 100, 10, and so you are, you know, reducing your chances of expanding your network and reaching out to the people directly or indirectly. Yeah. The, 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 there are many different ways of networking and, and, and I, I do believe that people should have some form of a strategy to do networking correctly. But even, even random networking in business is just an extraordinary benefit. So I'm I'm within a, a networking group which which is uh, called BNI, and I'm in just one chapter of BNI. Um, so in that in that one chapter, I could introduce you to a residential real estate agent an IT service support company, an accountant, a HR consultant, bookkeeper, business coach, that's me, um, a quantity surveyor, an electrician, financial advisor, insurance broker, a branding expert, a, a property lawyer, a personal risk advisor, a mortgage broker, a security system installation, digital marketing company, 
family law solicitor, a health coach, a web design person, a not-for-profit charity, a recruitment consultant, an office technological solutions, an asset finance expert, a property strategist, and a pest control. That's in just one BNI chapter. Now, you connected with me, I can invite you to come and visit that chapter and you immediately meet that degree of businesses. There is over 20 chapters in my area. Now, a lot of those professions will be the same in every chapter. But you could go to another chapter that I visit and you could meet a gentleman who's a um, mobile um, car mechanic. There's another one who's a mobile car cleaning service. There's, there's, there's every conceivable sort of business. So for a student, it's not just about meeting me. If somebody that meets me at the moment, just through one of my networking groups, and as you know, I'm in many, I could introduce them to probably um, just in one area of, of one area of Sydney, not New South Wales, not Australia. One area of Sydney, I could probably introduce them to over 500 different companies. But if they go, if they go to some networking event and they don't bother talking to me because I've got grey hair and I'm an old guy or I'm not, I'm not a university professor or I'm not this or I'm not that, as you rightly point out, you filter down so much, right, they've missed the opportunity. If they don't bother talking to somebody like you because um, you're, you're not a professor, you're just, you're just a, a uni student or you're just a this or you're just a that, imagine if somebody met you and said to you, oh, I need somebody to help me with a business idea. You'd say, well, my friend George, he knows, he knows 500 people just in one of his groups. Two of my two of my contacts have, have, have offered to actually invest in university student ideas. One of them for sixty thousand dollars. This is the magic of networking. This is the magic. You. It is not about who you meet. It's about who they know. Absolutely, George. I totally agree with you on the networking component. Another big challenge, George, which I was looking at for international students, as we just talked about, is the cultural shock itself. And because of which they are not even able to come out of the homesickness or, you know, the kind of culture they have been brought up in. And that's where it becomes a bit difficult for them to adjust in a new culture, understand the new culture, and get along with the new you know people the surroundings the environment one of the best techniques you know that i tried initially was to try the australian way of uh, you know speaking and also attending events which involve more people from different countries and in that way what you can do is you can enter into that kind of diverse communication and conversations with different people, you will find people from Southeast Asia, South Asia, uh, probably Africa, Europe, Australia. And that's where you can understand their way of thinking, their way of looking into the things, isn't it, George? Mm. Correct. Um, you know, when I was um, when I was 
in one of my business ventures, I needed I needed to find some people in a particular area of engineering, and um, these these are not people that um, frequent most networking events. So I went looking and looking and looking, and I actually found an organisation who met over on the eastern suburbs of Sydney, and they used to meet once every, I think it was once every three weeks from memory, and they were they were a group of professionals called actuaries. Um, so an uh, actuary, uh, actuaries are used in uh, insurance, in finance, uh, in engineering, and, and they are very high-end mathematics calculations trying to work out how this all comes together. Um, I don't mean to be rude to, to um, people who are from that profession. Um, I found them very, very boring to talk to. I found them very, very difficult to engage. But I went there and I met with them two or three times because I explained to them what I was looking for. So I didn't pretend. I told them what I was looking for. By the third time I got, I went there, I was introduced to two roadwork engineers, which is who I was after. So what you're saying is 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 exactly right. If if you want to learn about, if you want to learn about engineering and that, there's no point talking to somebody that makes sugar. If you want to learn about baking a cake, there's why are you talking to mechanics? Now, the same thing. If my, my parents' parents were born in Greece, when they came to Australia, all the Greeks lived next to one another, all lived in this little community. So they didn't learn the Australian culture. My mother and my father had many, many, many Australian friends far more than any of my other relatives, I think, right? Because my mother said, this is what we need to understand. We need to, we need to be involved. And so, so if, if students um, are shy, then find somebody that's not shy. If, if you, take little steps, but, but, but make sure that you get out and you, and you meet other people. And if you're not sure how, Use the, the student council. Use the go to the go to the debate team. Go to the whatever team where you see other students from other cultures and other nationalities, and then you start to to mix and match. And usually, even if you're too shy, there'll always be somebody like Sarab or me there that'll come and talk to you. Absolutely, and as you just touched based upon your story. You know, I'm, I was also talk about my story a few moments back. And similarly, you know, everybody has got a different story and a different experience when they arrive in a new country. It's just about having those initial conversations and not feeling shy about uh, talking to somebody, approaching someone. So, for example, initially, if you come to a different country, just go and attend as many events in, a, in your university, outside your university, and just try to have any kind of conversations, which we also call in the business school as a small talk. Learn to have, learn to build on your elevator pitch of one minute. So if you meet an entrepreneur or a businessman on the lift and you just got a minute to introduce yourself, what should be in that one minute? And that's a very, I must tell you that 
I can explain myself in five minutes, but it's extremely difficult and it's extremely hard to explain myself in one minute because I, I, always, can, do it, I can do it in 30 seconds. So why not give a practice round here, George, for the audience? <laughs> if you want to put the timer on, you go for it. My name's George Mavros. My company's called Etsy Consulting. We explain, teach and show and in some cases implement what needs to be done. We're a multidisciplinary business coaching and advisory service. I specialise in sales, marketing, business development and intellectual property. It's not what I can do. It's what you need done. I think that was just 24 seconds. So that's a good job, George. You just picked on the most critical points that you are doing. And I think that's the way it should work. Generally, we get confused as to what they, what we should be saying when we are when we are just one minute or probably three or four minutes in a small talk conversation. And having a small talk and building up on your elevator pitch, I think it's very critical uh, while you're networking and talking to different people, uh, telling your story, you know, everybody has got their own story, but how well you can narrate your stories to others. That mm -hmm. is somehow I felt is a critical component of networking um, in, in an uh, environment abroad. Because if you can't tell your own story, how can you start telling the stories of the companies that you're going to work on? Or how can you tell the stories of the products that you're going to sell in a company or work on it. So, you know, telling about your own story gives us an idea of how well you can understand your inner self, your own passions, your own goals, and how well you can relate it with the work that you're going to do, isn't it? Yeah. So the, ele the elevator pitch, as it was referred to originally, um, it actually started off as a car park pitch, by the way. Um, and then they just keep changing it each, every 20, 30 years. Um, so I, I have that one. Um, I, can, I can extend that out to 45 seconds. I can extend it out to one minute. But I have practised it and I have drilled it and I have rehearsed it that, that it just is a natural thing. Now, in the, in the B&I networking group, um, you have to be able to do it anywhere from 60 seconds down to uh, some groups you only get 25 seconds, okay? Um, in the BRG group, uh, you tend to get a minute. And in the BBG, which is another networking group, um, you may get two minutes or three minutes. So it's about understanding who you are, understanding what you want to speak about, and then having the, the, this version, this version, this version. And you just, you can expand, but the core always stays the same. Um, so, yeah. the And that's another advantage of networking. Um, if you, the more people you meet, the more people you hear, the more ideas you get. Um, and then you can, then you can come up with your version of it. Definitely. And I think as and how we move forward with our discussions in the coming weeks where we talk more about the international education sector, I'm sure we'll bring in more insights for the students who are studying abroad, international students who are studying in different countries. Um, we'll bring in more insights with respect to the networking and probably digging in deeper into each of these aspects uh, throughout our discussions. 
but um, i think that should be it for today's daily dose podcast and for the people who are into the education or migration consultancy sector um you know no better crm than agencies uh because it is catering to your requirements specifically and today's episode is in fact in collaboration with this magnificent crm so if you are an education migration consultant this is the time for you to sign up for this uh system and also don't forget to follow the channels of ultimate global podcast we are already out on apple itunes spotify and also on youtube so we are not only an audio podcast we are both a video and audio podcast we will cater to both the audiences because we understand that some of the audiences might just want to have that visual go for uh, checking out their episodes thank you so much george for today's participation and uh, we will be seeing you many more times i don't have to say you that <laughs> good good to be with you again i hope we've helped somebody if they want to hit us up with some questions you know i'm always prepared to answer thank you so much george